District of Conservation is sponsored by CFACT. To learn more about the organization, visit www.cfact.org. Hello, everyone. Happy Monday. Thanks for listening to the podcast. I'm Gabriella Hoffman, host of District of Conservation. This week, we're going to talk a little bit about legislation and updates that I think are worthy of your listenership. We have largely focused on interviews recently, so we're going to depart from that and go back to offering some monologues and overviews into some interesting topics and subjects you may have missed because it's been a crazy news cycle. I have been susceptible to getting distracted for different stories as well. But in addition to guests, we typically discuss what is trending, interesting bills, good and bad, interesting phenomenon, and other interesting and underreported topics. So we're going to cover several of those today and a few tomorrow as well on our 180th episode. Here's what I have for you today, this Monday. For those of you not on the East Coast or in the path of Brudex cicadas, let me tell you, they are quite annoying and Having only lived on the East Coast for about nine years, I haven't experienced this. I haven't seen this, although we do get yearly cicadas. These brudex cicadas are periodical cicadas. You don't have to be a biologist to know this, but common information says that these particular ones, the ones that come every 17 years, are periodical. And let me just say that the phenomenon and the news coverage associated with it has been really annoying. And the resulting things that have come from such coverage have been quite insufferable. I made a Instagram Reels video of this, which I circulated to YouTube to cover just some of the weird headlines about encouraging consumption of cicadas, which is not recommended. And if you have pets, make sure they do not eat cicadas as well. But some other interesting stories that circulated recently about Brudex cicadas was the fact that a local restaurant in Leesburg is making cicada tacos, which seems to me like an abomination for taco connoisseurs and the art of making tacos. So I saw that. I was like, oh gosh, of course, they want to either get publicity. They really extol the virtues of eating cicadas or insects. Um, maybe I won't go to that restaurant <laughs> if if they continue to advertise that. But anyway, it's just so weird to see that. And then, of course, the Smithsonian capitalizing on all the fanfare has created a merchandise website relating to this phenomenon. So you can buy Cicada Brudex merchandise to your heart's desire and unsurprisingly support the Smithsonian. So like people are taking different approaches to capitalizing on this 17-year phenomenon. I personally don't care to partake in it. And I'm going to give you guys a sampling of how these cicadas sound. They're quite annoying. And this, I believe, is the noise they make. It sounds like a faint siren when they're in the process of trying to find mates if I'm not mistaken. So here's a sampling of it, and you're not missing out. Something a bit more positive for you all. Right now, moving through the Texas legislature is a bill that is supposed to be signed into law very, very soon. It's called Texas House Bill 2213, which would allow hunters to donate exotic game, namely axis and fallow deer, to food banks. It had passed the Senate most recently, and this was according to the Sportsman's Alliance on May 19th, 2021. It is from Texas Representative John Frio's bill, 
and it now awaits Governor Greg Abbott's signature to become law. And according to Sportsman's Alliance, current Texas law does not allow the donation of exotic game meat to food banks. This common sense legislation will ease the burden that food banks constantly face, especially in times of an emergency, such as the recent storms that wreaked havoc on the Lone Star State or COVID. In 2017, a well-known foundation, which began which has been processing over 100,000 pounds of ground meat for distribution to orphanages, churches, and others in need at no charge, was told they could not process and distribute exotic game meat unless they were granted an exemption. After applying for the exemption to continue to help feed Texans in need, they were denied. And this was, I believe, from the Houston Safari Club. And in early 2018, the Sportsman's Alliance and Houston Safari Club began working together on this important issue. When COVID-19 struck, an emergency exemption was granted, but when the pandemic's threat eases, the exemption will expire. And they say this bill, HB 2213, will provide a permanent exemption, and the Alliance and Houston Safari Club are taking the lead to get this legislation across the finish line. And I know... Exotic game, especially these axis and fallow deer, can be controversial. I had read that due to the winter storms that beleaguered Texas recently, a lot of different axis deer were became deceased um, due to the extreme weather patterns. Um, there's a, there was a lot of loss of life for access. A lot of people have said these deer are particular nuisances since they're non-native species. So there's a lot of controversy. Personally, I don't see anything wrong with access deer. I hope one day I could harvest an access, but I understand the controversy sometimes associated with them. So I wonder if because of just the mass casualty event resulting from the winter storm, if they want to, if they're trying to use that game meat also to repurpose it more but access deer tastes really good from what friends have told me. It's a very delicious tasting deer. And Texas has a burgeoning exotics, I would say, industry. A lot of people in the sporting community are pretty heightened to it one way or another. But in Texas, they try to make a case for it. And given the fact that it's kind of a flourishing industry, high fence hunting, whatever, why not see some of the meat harvested from those hunts Go to a food bank or to help Texans in need. It tastes good. You're doing something for a greater cause. And I think people will see the value of this type of hunting there. I guess you could you could call into question the merits of it or you could argue the merits of this type of hunting when you see that that meat can be repurposed or used much like uh, white-tailed deer meat as well. So this is a very fascinating bill to me. I know, like I said, there are lots of opinions about high fence hunting and access deer in Texas hill country, but I think this bill has a lot of merit to it. And I wonder if we'll see similar stuff maybe in Florida because Florida has a lot of exotics too, um, kind of more unofficially than Texas does. But uh, yeah, this is uh, very unique and uh, I will update you guys when and if Governor Greg Abbott signs this into law. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of District of Conservation. If you liked it and you're not already subscribed, go check us out on Apple Podcasts, our main podcasting hub, or wherever podcasts are played. We're on like 20 different platforms. Check us out. Make sure you're subscribed. If you're just getting attuned to the podcast, learning about kind of the theme and my approach to covering stories or hosting interviews, I really would appreciate a subscribe. And on Apple Podcasts, if you really like the show, you've listened for a long time, you're a new listener, and you're really excited about the content here, go leave us some reviews of the five-star variety and let us know how you feel. 
Make sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter to never miss a beat nor a guest announcement. And tomorrow I will have a similar monologue to this to describe some interesting stories from the firearms side, some bills I haven't discussed yet on the podcast, but that are still kind of moving up their way or some gun news that I think you ought to know. So check that out and stay engaged. Come the next few weeks, we're going to have more guests, more discussions like this and great content. Thank you so much for listening and I will catch you on the flip side.